Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of our Building Faith podcast. It's a joy to welcome you to this conversation that we're having as we continue to move forward in our project. Such a great opportunity for our church to come together around this initiative and the progress that we're going to be making uh, here in the future. I'm here again with uh, Shane Kohler, our teaching pastor. Welcome, Shane. Thank you. Um, as we talk about this project, Shane, it's we, we ended our time last time with a you know, on a celebratory note, thinking about uh, groundbreaking and um, the celebration that that will be for our church. And of course, uh, this past Sunday, we announced our groundbreaking celebration that we're going to be engaged in at the end of this month. And of course, that falls right at the time which we would traditionally do our Reformation celebration. So I thought it would be kind of interesting to hear your take on how these two things sort of come together as it relates to celebration of the Reformation, as well as us celebrating groundbreaking on our our building. Well, uh, there were a lot of factors that went into a decision about even when to have the the groundbreaking, and it made a lot of sense for us uh, for the time of the year and our tradition of having a Reformation celebration that put the two, the two together, but I, I'm not sure a lot of people even make the connection between the building itself and the theological heritage that we have for years celebrated in the Reformation celebration. But really, so much of what we're doing um, ties in very well uh, historically and theologically. Uh, I, I've told a number of people this, that our our building is theological. As much as everything in our life is theological, uh, we've tried to apply our theology even to our building. And and in doing that, you know, we've reached back, I believe, into the Reformation heritage that uh, really was born out of the Protestant Reformation, trying to redeem all of life for the glory of God. You know, prior to prior to the Protestant Reformation, you really had a a Catholic church that had separated life into the secular and the sacred, um, or the, the, you know, the, the profane and the, and the sacred, as they say, they sometimes call it. And what the Protestant Reformation did is it married uh, all of life to the sacred. It, it brought a sense of calling to everything that you do, and that boiled over into professions and, and practices and trades such as architecture. And so there, there's a sense in which, you know, we, we would teach that everyone, if they're a bookkeeper or if they're a teacher or if they're an architect, they do everything they do to the glory of God. And so as we approach this architecturally, we wanted to find partners and, and people who would do their work to the glory of God. And we're not just talking about the way they show up to the office every day. We're talking about the actual techniques of what they put into it. And, um, and so that's one side of it, you know, wanting a, a building that, that intentionally was about glorifying God, which for us, you know, uh, we believe leads us to classicism. The other part of that is, is just the way the building looks to the community. Uh, the, the building communicates something. It tells the people who are driving by something about who you are. You may not put any thought into what it says, but the reality is it says something, and we wanted our building to communicate a certain thing about us. So in thinking about that specific fact, that specific point, you know, you, you would 
have some that might argue, well, um, as pilgrims and sojourners in a foreign land, this is not our home, and they might advocate a more um, austere approach to architect- architecture or a more austere approach to buildings and facilities as a, a manifestation of, you know, our not wanting to misrepresent who we are in this time, in this place, in this world, and so on. How would you respond to that? Well, there was a period of time uh, during Puritanism where uh, the churches very intentionally did that, but uh, the reality is most of, for most of the history of the Reformation, that's not been the take, particularly when it comes to your home. I mean, very few people would live that way with their home. They actually want to invest in their home to make it a pleasant environment because they understand that a, a house is, is, uh, is not just a house. It's a place where important activities take place all the time. And so you want it to be the kind of place that enhances those activities with the pleasantness of the environment and, and all those things. So, you know, you rarely find anyone making that argument outside of just something like a church building, and, and I'm not always sure why that has been so singularly applied in the area of church buildings, but it shouldn't be, not theologically. We should think about this the way we think about every other profession, every other thing that we do, doing it all to the glory of God, which I don't think the glory of God is defined simply by you know building something as austere as you can get it. It's defined by a number of different elements, and... Um, you know, this building, I think, will will reflect that, hopefully, as I said, with a cl- sort of a classical structure that that in and of itself and its technical parts uh, reflect the order of creation that's all around us, the balance of nature and all those things. That's what classicism is all about, balance and symmetry and order and, and those kinds of things. But then, as I said, you know, it, it even, it, because of that, it takes on an old world look. That's, so that's quite a contrast from what we see a lot of today in that churches being designed intentionally so that they don't look at all like churches. Yes, they want to reflect the passing, you know, uh, uh, winds of the culture, uh, whatever it might be. There's no sense of, of wanting to um, imbibe a classicism. There is a sense of wanting to communicate something. Um, churches build places because they want to look hip. Uh, they build places because... You know, maybe they want to uh, uh, align themselves with a certain tradition, a Baptist tradition, or something like that. And and in that sense, you know, we want to align ourselves with with what you might just call old European Reformation theology. Uh, we want people when they drive by say, "Wow, that that kind of looks like something that could be maybe in you know, Wittenberg or Geneva." It's not exactly. I mean, I know my architect friends would cringe to hear me say that, but it's old world European, and so I want people, when they drive by to see it, to say, wow, that's a church that's not trying to run away from those traditions. They're not trying to disassociate themselves. They're, they're you know, sort of gladly standing within the, within the flow of a, a Luther and a Calvin and a Zwingli and a Knox and all those guys that came after them. It's interesting to think about this, you know, architectural element and how it reflects something about what you stand for, what you believe in, what you value. Um, I think it's also interesting to think about this in light of the journey that we've been on in that we have not really had 
our own facility for the last number of years, and yet the ministry and life of the church has continued on. And in my view, that sort of emphasizes the point that the church is much more than just a building, that you can't discount the importance of what your facilities say about what you value, and you can make a certain kind of definitive statement in your community uh, with your building, but at the same time, it's also what goes on in that building and what the people do once they leave that building that really is the sure. Is the I mean, it's it's a balance. I mean, no one no one would say that their that their home or their house is their family. I mean, everyone's very clear in their mind that you know what takes place between husbands and wives and fathers and 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 children and mothers and children and. And all that, everyone's very clear uh, that that the family is so much more than just the home. You know, it it, it almost goes without saying, and it ought to go, but without saying, uh, certainly within the church. Now, we have, I, I might, you might say, practically, we have tried to, um, uh, you know, we've tried to maintain that just by not talking about it a lot. Right. In right. fact, you know, sometimes people would say we talk too little about it. But we know that there's a danger, at least with people associating that kind of thinking too much. The uh, the building becomes the all important center of your ministry, and and so through the years, even as we've you know had to be busy at times behind the scenes, you know taking care of logistical matters related to the building, we've tried not to crowd the Sunday morning pulpit time with that, and strike the right balance of giving enough information without ever letting people think that's the purpose for which we exist. The purpose for which we exist, just like you said, is what we do Sunday after Sunday, which is just the gathering together for the edification of the saints and the spreading, or, or the, the going out for the spreading of the gospel. Yeah. Well, of course, as we've said, we we have this groundbreaking celebration that we've already put in the books and on the calendar for October 28th. It's going to be a great a great day, a great celebration for our congregation. But let's talk a little bit more about sort of the specifics of post-groundbreaking. I mean, there's an anticipation, there's an excitement leading up to that. We've been waiting a long time. Um, we've had sort of the, the dates moved a little bit on us as, as circumstances have prevailed upon us. Um, well, and, and, and even the October 28th date we chose, you know, we chose, as I said, partly to coincide with our, our Reformation celebration. It doesn't necessarily mean that you know, when we're out there, there's going to be a bulldozer. In fact, it would be nice to do the Reformation celebration without a bulldozer right, right. there to work around. Um, so, you know, even as we celebrate the groundbreaking, you know, I think people should understand it still might be a week or two before what they call mobilization takes place, which is the actual getting the equipment out on the side and starting to knock some things over. Those things are somewhat out of our control. They're going to be in the hands of the of the contractors. And then, you know, even beyond that, you know, you're talking about, um, you know, the first couple weeks of November, which, as we all know, leads right into the holiday season. So there's going to be um, some expected delays with Thanksgiving week and Christmas and, and uh, New Year's and not to mention weather that comes with that time of the season. So we're certainly grateful to get, get started, but we're also... Um, going in with a lot of awareness that it might appear to seem, it might appear to move slowly in the first couple of months. Yeah, yeah. Well, to that end, um, you know, 
I think the thing that gets people most excited is to begin to see something structural take place. I mean, it's one thing to see dirt moved and trees being cleared and that kind of thing, but that can go on. And then you're, the next step is, you know, when's there going to be a foundation or when am I going to see some structure going up? So yeah, that, 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 that might be, I mean, so are we talking like maybe by the end of November, you think? <laughs> That's right. Um, no, it's it's going to be like I said with all those delays. You know, we it'll take you know we've got to move a lot of dirt. You know, we've got to move you know thousands of truckloads of dirt on the property, spreading them out over over uh, probably fourteen total acres when it's all said and done, and then you know clearing all those trees and putting in the utilities and then the curbing and and getting the parking lots right. I mean, it could be I'm sure um, early spring before we begin to see anything begin to go vertical. Yeah. So it'll all be sort of horizontal on the property up until then. Well, let's think about um, how we can encourage um, our people to pray. Uh, you know, as we move more from uh, planning and design and, and all the, the elements that we've been walking through that are, that are sort of leading up to this moment, we're about to get very tactile in our work, and that has a whole range of new implications and risks and things that we want to be mindful of as a congregation to pray. What are some things that come to mind for you? Well, we, we still have a lot of decisions to make in terms of who's going to actually do the work. The contractors, particularly on the site, you know, we, uh, we have uh, builders that we'll, we will bring in to do the building, but we're going to actually choose the contractors for the site work ourselves and self-perform the site work. So we got, you know, some decisions to make there. There'll be some competitive bids, and we're hoping to get quality and savings as everyone wants um, at, at all times. So that, that'll be a lot of decisions and a lot of meetings and things like that. And then, you know, the design um, of the building itself is, um, is not still 100% cemented. Uh, we certainly have the footprint, the exterior and stuff like that, but there's a lot of detail still on the inside that will need to be worked out. And, and some of it will be, um, it'll be affected by the way the budget unfolds, you know, the way that, that the giving continues to come in, the way that the the way that the contracts and the bids and the expenses on the site work. You know, if we can realize some savings there, it'll give us more opportunities on the inside of the building. So there's still a lot of decisions to make just on the design side. And, of course, I think about the actual work being done on the site and just praying for safety for those that are working and... Um and just God's favor in, in, in keeping everyone safe. It's a, there's risks associated with that. So, well, we just hope that, uh, that as we move forward that you as a congregation will continue to pray but also continue to um, think about how you can contribute and be a part of this in terms of offering uh, prayer, counsel, maybe even uh, you know your hands and feet in some way, and certainly continue to be mindful of the financial contributions that we're uh, relying upon to get us through this, uh, this project.